you you know about chess boxing, right? Nope. Okay, it's the greatest. Sport. Not a single clue. <laughs> so, uh, you you uh you play like 15, 20 seconds of chess, and then you do like a thirty second round of boxing, and you alternate no. until someone is either checkmated or knocked the fuck out. No, you're messing with me right now. That's not real. No, this is real. There's a Wu Tang song about it. No. The mystery what? of chess boxing. What? Dude, it's There's what? See, it's great because it's all about divergent strategy cuz you have people who are like brainiacs who are like I'm going to get him in the chess and be really defensive in boxing. And then you have boxers who are like I don't know dick about chess, but like I'm about to end this man's whole career. Oh my god. Or you get the savants who are like boxers who know everything about chess and they're just like they're downright electable like with that skill set, honestly. A championship chess I, boxer? I'd, I'd vote for that. I, I, I don't understand if you know how much you floored me right now because I <laughs> cannot believe that there is a support that is just alternating between chess and boxing. It's riveting because you know, it's it, they feed into each other. The more your adrenaline gets pumping and you get punched in the face from the boxing, how is your uh-huh. decision making in chess affected? Cooler heads prevail, but like. Also, if you're focusing too much on chess and trying to remember what your next move is, like, are you just going to get clocked with a stiff jab? I'm like, I think we peaked as a species when we decided that we were going to do this, you know? I just, like, who was like, and also not to mention, if we decided that we wanted to take chess and boxing and put them together in one sport, why haven't we done that with everything else? Like, why haven't we been like, you know what sounds really good? It's a, a swim meet, but when you, after you swim a lap, you have to get out and solve a Sudoku puzzle. And then you have to... Now, now we're talking. Ooh, I like this. You can be a real fast swimmer, but if you don't know where the numbers go, then you're not going to win the swim match. It's tic-tac-toe. Or no, connect four, but you have to uh. hit targets with archery. Oh! <gasps> Oh, okay. That's, I, like, that would frustrate me so much because I'm so good at Connect Four, but I have awful aim. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll kill some Connect Four. I'll destroy my opponent in Connect Four. But I'm, I can't hit no dartboard. None of that. <laughs> uh, okay, you have to do a, uh, a, a one-mile run while solving two Rubik's Cubes. Ooh. Can you solve a Rubik's Cube? No, not even a little. I also can't solve. I can do, like, fun patterns on Rubik's Cubes. Like, if it's already solved, I can, like, make it be a checkerboard, or I can, like, make it be a little flower and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I cannot solve a Rubik's Cube. My dad can solve a Rubik's Cube. He can so- He used to be in, like, um, like one of those, like, under 60-second clubs or whatever. Oh, dang. But I wonder if he could do it in under a minute with former heavyweight champion Mike Tyson in his prime. <laughs> oh my god. I you you know this full well that I love the concept of any standard game, but you make it faster. Mm, I <laughs> and I now we're like completely like we're just we're going all the way. We're like you thought bananagrams was hard. Now it's bananagram, but when you say peel, you have to like run an obstacle course. Oh, dude, I've got, <laughs> I play Ninja Warrior bananagrams any day of the week. That honestly sounds like super fun, especially if it's one of those inflatable uh, like obstacle courses where you get to go down a big slide at the end. <laughs> I love. We those. love big slide. 
I love a big slide. Big slide's so fun. Like, how can you hate a big slide? Speaking of great things that go great together. Yeah. Uh, what about bean juice and constitutional monarchy? Uh, yeah, I can see it. I can, I can, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a coffee <laughs> prince, almost. Oh, I thought you were going to go for like a, like a red bean milk tea, uh, emperor. Now that's a name. <laughs> red bean milk tea emperor. I had to think really hard about what else could be bean juice. I was like, I'm only on coffee. And then I was like, red bean, that's a thing. And then like, and then like, you can have like red bean flavor, like, like tea, like milk tea. Dude, the red bean milk tea emperor it's just uh, a, 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 a man who had to dress as a woman to work in an all-female coffee shop. Uh. Oh my god. That sounds so fun. I'm so down. I'm so down for the reverse. Oh, man. Well, we have to finish this Ugh. show first so we can get on with making red bean milk tea emperor. Yeah, yeah. For now, we gotta finish up Coffee Prince, so... We are on episode 13 of Coffee Prince. We are chugging our way down the Coffee Prince lane. Mm. But before we watch episode 13, Jaren, what do you think is going to happen this time? God, I feel like we've been going hard on the main plot for so long that we need to kind of take a breather and have Ooh. a more side plot heavy episode. Like yeah. if Grandma shows up, I feel like that's a great diversion. I feel like... Like, maybe we're going to get something with uh, Hangul's birth father. I feel like that would be really Ooh. nice to, like... Yeah. Because once once you have, like, this romantic attachment secured in this mm-hmm. character's life, in this case, I feel like it's really nice for the audience, and me especially, just to see them dealing with external problems as a unit for once, instead of being each other's yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We have transitioned or hopefully we've transitioned from the the our problem is the other person and now we can look at problems together. Oh my god, and then like New York is in like a month or something like uh, surprise. Gosh. Wouldn't it be great if we just cut to a month from now next episode and it's like we're in New York <gasps> and now we have a chain of coffee princes. Oh my gosh. Aw, that'd be cute. It would be. Well, who know who knows what'll happen on Coffee Prince? We gotta watch to find out. Anything could happen. Absolutely anything. Uh Han Han Gil could die. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who knows? You know anything can happen. <laughs> Who who knows? If he even ends up in the hospital, I'm going to be so pissed. (laughs) We got to watch to find out. Here we go. Episode 13. Let's keep it clean. Thank you. Do you you have one? Uh, God. Episode 13. Uh, uh, milk tea, red bean, emperor. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 let's go. <laughs> Golly. Hey, guys, I'm Kara, and I like, I like rom-coms. Hey, guys, I'm Jaren, and I like sorting Reddit threads by controversial. Oh, my God. Oh, but, you know, there is one thing that we both like, and it's hot drinks and hot boys. 
And this is... Just kiss already! Just, like... Come... Seriously? Do it! So, did you ever have, like, a detective come into your kindergarten and, like, teach you about crime-solving technique? What? No, all we ever had in elementary school was, like, the police came and they told us, don't join a gang, and we were like, "Mm." (laughs) And they didn't even do a good job, because they showed us, like, gang signs, and they were like, these are bad, but all we saw was, like, how can I make my hands do that? And then at recess, we were all, like, making the blood sign with our hands. Everyone. And our teachers were like, no! (laughs) Everyone in school was like, hey, dude, look, I'm in a gang. (laughs) (laughs) Because... They were like, oh, don't join a gang. And also, here's this, like, cool thing you can do with your hands. And we were like, that's sick. <laughs> like, I think, if, I think if you teach too young, it has the opposite effect. Because if you go to a group of people yeah. who are children and say, hey, these people wear different color shirts and they fight each other. And then these kids look down, they're like, oh, well, I've got, like, this, this nice yellow <laughs> shirt on. And they're Timmy's like, got his recess. green shirt. <laughs> like, oh, it's on. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. But you had a detective come and talk about crime solving? That's sick. Yeah, he, like, uh, he was kind of a dick about it because he, like, set us up. Oh. He basically oh. entrapped us, and <laughs> what oh. happened was oh. he put, like, this can in front of the room, like, one of those cans with the uh-huh. peel-off lid, and he was like, hey, uh, there's money in this can, so I'm gonna turn off the lights and everybody put your heads down, and then, like, somebody come take this money. So... I what? went up there and I wanted to take the money, so I took it, uh-huh. and I, like, put it in my desk, and then he's like, all right, now we're gonna find out who took the money, and I'm like, that wasn't oh part God. of the deal, detective. <laughs> so he took out, like, fingerprint kits and had everybody take their little fingerprints, and then he was like, okay, but, like, what if you don't have them at home? You can take some coffee grounds and some tape, and you put your fingerprint on the tape, and then you put it in the coffee grounds. And then you can ID somebody by their right. coffee prints. Uh oh, uh, uh, damn. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in my head being like, I wonder how he's going to tie this into coffee prints. And I not for a single second like saw this coming. <laughs> it took me a second to process because you said it and I was like, oh, uh oh. <laughs> damn, that was good. Yeah, no, I'm a little bit proud of that one. <laughs> you should be. That was a very good one. Thank you. Oh my gosh. But while the detective was wrong to do that to children, Jaren is right. We're back. And we just watched episode 13 of Coffee Prince. Oh boy. It was a good, good episode. Probably the most accurate my prediction's ever been. Yeah, actually. Uh, I, I do want to... Because there was a lot of competition for, like, this episode title. So I um, wanted to really? just... Yeah, it, it was really close between two options, and I want to just get them both out now. And Okay, well, so we I'll can all of, vote on our phones? Yeah, I'll sort of let America decide. And oh, sick. <laughs> the, Am I America? Yes, you are America, you oh, are my world, yeah. Wait, you are no, everything. I'm actually... Oh, I, I like the world part, but I don't really want to be America. <laughs> <laughs> okay fair fair all right, all right all right all right uh so the first title that i came up with was a uh, you're adopted charlie brown and i don't know how that one grabs you Wait, so how... <laughs> hold on <laughs> i like i i get it but also i'm like charlie brown but that's cb 
So we oh, no. <laughs> You're right. That means we have to go with the alternate title, which was... <laughs> What's the alternate title? <laughs> Havrim Explains the Birds and the Bee Stings. Ooh. Wait. Okay. Okay. I feel like title number two is more accurate, but title number one has a pretty good ring to it. And so I'm like, hmm. Gosh. What do you think? <laughs> Let's workshop it live. Do you think we should change it to, uh, you're adopted, Hangul, uh-huh. or... <laughs> Because when you when, when you don't have the context of it being like you're a blockhead, Charlie Brown, it just kind of seems like a cruel statement of fact. <laughs> oh no! Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, "What if we just like mashed the two together?" And it's like, "You're a bee." <laughs> All right, we did it. This episode 13 title is U-R-A-B, <laughs> spelled entirely in letters. You, oh my gosh, you're so right. Okay, I'm out. Write, write that down, write that down. <laughs> write that down, write that down. <laughs> All right, episode 13, U-R-A-B. Wow, that's going to be so sick. I can't wait for people to read that and be like, what? <laughs> and then they listen and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Context provides nothing in this context. Yeah, it's really, there's no help in you. It's just a rab and you have to live with it. <laughs> you're a bee. <laughs> you're a bee. You're a bee. You're a bee. You're a, you're a, you're a bee. Oh, dude. Remember that song? You know, this came out in 2007, right? So we're right around peak Ferky Black Eyed Peas era. Peak pee? <laughs> we're, we're in the Fergalicious definition. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Wow. Things all have to be good if that's the case. <laughs> and things are good because we open on Unchan just being cute cute as hell. Just doing yeah. chemistry science with the coffee. Checking that temperature. She's making coffee and she's like having a really good time. Like she's obviously very much enjoying this process. She's very much enjoying just like making coffee. This has come up a couple times before where... Because when we, we meet Unchan, obviously, she sort of has this idea that she's going to have a dojo and be, mm-hmm. like, a Taekwondo instructor. And mm-hmm. as she's worked at Coffee Prince, she's really started to enjoy that. We've seen Hangul is actually, like, I would say investing in her training would be a generous way to put it when he kind of passive-aggressively bought her all those mags and yeah. was like, you gotta learn this. <laughs> He did also do the, like, the, they used to do the coffee sniff game. Oh, God, that was fun. Remember when her super yeah. sniffer powers were, like, relevant to the plot? Yeah, remember when <laughs> Remember when they were, like, super relevant, and then they disappeared, and then they reappeared so they could talk about this game they play, and then they just disappeared again? I really hope that, well, I mean, it, if she could smell, like, depression, maybe, she'd be yeah. able to sniff out the plot, but <laughs> I can't wait for them to show up again. To be fair, like in life, that does kind of happen. Like, things become relevant, and then, like, you don't think about them for a while, and then you're like, oh, yeah. So I will not hold that against any series ever. As much as people love to, like, be like, oh, well, like, this thing was only relevant when it was relevant. It's like, well, that tends to be how it works. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If it made me happy, I don't care how long it's in the show for. I care that it exists. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. But Unchan is making coffee, she's having a great time, and Hangul is like, go on a date with me. And yeah. Unchan is like, what? And he's like, 
I want to go on a date. And Unchan is like, that's so great. Uh, how about all of these great date options? And Hongil is like, no, I don't want any of those. And Unchan is like, all right, well, great. Then what What do you want to fucking do? And he's like, come over to my house. And she's like, okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's made all the better by the fact that he's wearing this vest from the baby gap that like just barely fits him. <laughs> So he's got like his chest puffed out and he's like, go on a date with me. We're dating. And she's like, no, I got to study. Yeah. She's like, I have to study. I'm very serious about my career as a barista. And Hangul is like, please date me. (laughs) please." Uh, Uh, So they have, they have a little back and forth about that. And he's like, come over to my house and we can watch a movie because uh, I don't want to be around people at all. mm -hmm. Um, And then like, uh, Mr. Hong walks by and he's like, kids, oh, look at them. They used to be mad and now they're not. And it's like, wow. Mr. Hong of the eternally wet hands. Because I feel like every time he enters a scene, he's just wiping them on his clothes. Oh my gosh. Either his hands are eternally wet or he has to go to the bathroom like every minute. Oh, <laughs> that, that might be like close to the truth. I think he's probably wow. the oldest character. Oh, well. Anyway, then we cut to um, CB and Unsei, and CB has, like, become her manager slash servant. He's just, like, following her around with a chair, and, like, he's wearing sunglasses. It's it's confoundingly frustrating, because this is the coolest he's ever looked. He's got, like, three (laughs) buttons undone. He's got the shades. But he's also just, like, lugging around this foldable chair and umbrella and, like, waiting hand and foot on her. And the whole time I'm like, you don't need this. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, they they go to all these places. Like, they stop by a little, like, food stall that's selling, like, fish cakes and, like, um, rice cake. I like spicy rice cakes, I'm pretty sure. And he's, like, dunking them in water to, like, wash off the sauce and then, like, giving them to her. And she, like storms away and makes him pay after like spitting out the food and they go to a like a a store and she's like painting she's testing all the nail polish on his toenails and it's just like can we like not be so mean i just (laughs) to anyone really can we not treat people like this (laughs) this is this is i would probably say the closest we've had to an unsay episode because she gets a lot of good beats in this but damn, yeah. they do set it up by having her just like, God. Oh yeah, they I don't even know a word like... for it. It's it's stronger than yeah. manipulate because he wants to be doing it himself. She just like exploits CB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so weird because like part of me is like they're literally like high schoolers and they're Ooh, stupid. And, I always like, forget I, that. I'm not that I get it. But, like, I'm, like, they they do stupid things, and part of this is, you know, also it's, like, a, a rom-com show. Like, I'm, like, whatever. But also, I'm, like, can we not, like, <laughs> be so mean? And you know who agrees with us? Who? Tell me. Harim. He absolutely does. Oh, yeah. He's, like, CB, stop it. And um, <laughs> I think my favorite part of this next scene where we cut back to copy prints is that CB makes the argument that Sungi paints his nails, so it's okay, <laughs> because CB idolizes Sungi. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a fair plot point that I haven't quite picked up on, is this cool older brother, Sungi. He loves him. He's cool. I He's also older. love him, and he paints his nails. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Sungi fan. I feel like, honestly, you can't watch this show without being a big Sungi fan because, like, he's cool and angsty, and so already you're like, nice. And But then he has, like, a cool side story, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> so, we like, love a brooding character in a world of overexcited children. <laughs> he's also the first character to be, like, gay. Totally okay. And we're like, damn, Sungi, he's the total package. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This is a Sungi appreciation post <laughs> for yeah, all that yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you. I'm going to open up an account just to uh, tweet every day that Sungi is good. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> the Sungi also rises. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so Harim is like, do not date this girl that takes advantage of you. Instead, I'll set you up with a girl who's cool and nice. And CB's like, bleh, 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 bleh. but I only, I only want to date my angel. Yeah. And then this is also the scene where we get like the start of this uncomfortable plot thread where Harim is just mad at Unchan. It's oh. strange because he's mad at her, but then he's not. It's like, very hard to read the room during yeah. these scenes. Because sometimes, sometimes, yeah, he absolutely he he sees her and he like makes these weird snide comments. But then also there are plenty of other times in this episode where he's just like totally happy and fun with her and like genuinely having a good time. And so I'm like, is he mad? Is he doing like the weird, I'm your friend, so I'm going to shit on you? Is he, I, I like, I can't tell. I honestly can't tell with him. He's been so all over the place this whole show that I cannot tell. <laughs> There's, they bring up the point of like, oh, he's just mad because he showed you his butt when he thought you were a boy and you saw the tattoo. And Unchan kind of like repeats that to him. And he's like, you're a wall. Which is just the greatest insult that I've never heard before this episode. <laughs> yeah. I I do think, because because in the rest of the episode, he's not really, like, actually mad at her. I do think that it's less of a him being mad, and he's coming to terms with the fact of who he was to her without mm. knowing that she was a girl. And he, I think, is feeling not necessarily... Actually, no, I would say embarrassed, and he's expressing that by being like, eh, screw you, Unchan, you all. <laughs> and Unchan, it doesn't seem malicious, definitely. It, does it, not. it is not malicious, I will say. I yeah. think it's, I think you're absolutely right by bringing it up that it's like his relationship to her has been recontextualized, and also her relationship to his BFF, which yeah. I think is a lot of where he's struggling. Yeah, definitely. So then it's time for uh, Unchan and Hunkyul to go on a date. Yeah, dude, date night. Date night. Uh, where Where's the date? Of course, it's at Hunkyul's house, like it always is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, this is the set that we have. We're not going to make another. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly, these, these like house dates are very, very cute. But there is a small part of me that's like, I want like, I don't know. I want to see like a cute little like carnival date. Like, can we? Can we go on a carnival date? Like, please. Can we, please. Let me <laughs> see, see Hangil struggle to ring the bell at the strongman yes. thing. And then Unchan yes. just pounds that shit. <laughs> yes. That's absolutely what I want. Oh, my God. Uh, but instead, they're they're making ramen. They do this very cute, like, early couple thing where they, like, find all these things that they compliment each other on. And he's like, I only eat the egg white. And she's like, I only eat the egg yolk. And it's like, oh, my God, they're perfect for each other. But also, Aww. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but 
so they're 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 having their fun cooking party, uh, cutting up scallions with scissors and then stirring the pot with them, and then they argue over who gets to use the pot lid to eat, which is very oh, cute. Yeah, reminds me of Unchan just eating straight out the skillet. This scene itself is very cute. But after the whole, like, pot lid thing where, like, he has it and she's like, give it to me, and then he ends up giving it to her, there's this part where Han Gil, like, laughs, and it's such a, like, genuine, like, goblin laugh. <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> and it's, it's so cute. Like, I was like, oh, my God, they're having so much fun. Like, it really makes me think that, like, when they were filming these scenes, they were, like, genuinely having a good time. I'm so glad you said that, because I was about to go full X-Files, because I want to believe. (laughs) I want to believe that, like, there are a couple scenes during this episode specifically where somebody does something, and then Unchan laughs, and I'm like, is that a breaking character laugh? Is that why it cuts immediately afterwards, because they call cut? Mm. Like, I need it. I need it to be real. I hope it is. I hope they had a good time filming this because I had a good time watching. And so I hope everyone had a good time (laughs) overall. I feel like episode 13, we've officially moved past like all the sadness of the last four to five episodes. And I feel safe to laugh again. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Um, so they continue this date and they're just being like as coupley as possible. Like they're like, it's time for us to brush our teeth together and to also have matching cups and to eat one big block of ice cream with two spoons. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And the wardrobe does a good job of characterizing them in this scene because yeah. uh, Hong Gyul has this fancy shirt on uh, that's made by a designer. It has a, a quote from an artist on it that's like written in another language. And then Unchan's shirt mm. says... Uh, heart for eye, eye for heart, which just about sums up their characters for me. Truly, oh my god, I can't even think of the word. Outrageous. (laughs) (laughs) So we have all this cute stuff, as we always do. Uh, or I guess I shouldn't say as we always do, because sometimes we do not have cute stuff. But we have this this super cute scene, and then it's time for us to kind of like hint at what is the conflict of this episode, mm-hmm. um, and is something that has kind of been ignored for the most part. Or not necessarily ignored, but it's really been in the background. And that's the fact that Hong Gil is leaving in a month, and they haven't... And I mean, I guess before they haven't really needed to talk about it, but now they are in a relationship, and they need to talk about it. Um... So Hangul is basically being like, ah, oh, let's go together. We will go at the same time. And Unchan is like, nah, yeah, whatever, <laughs> sure. Unchan nah. kind of like raises it. And I yeah. I gave him so much credit for this because he immediately is like, you go with me? Or like he, he immediately just like throws all the options that keep them together on the table. Yeah. Uh, and then they get into this sort of interesting conflict where... She says, I don't even want to call it a conflict. This is just like, this is the first time they've talked about this. It's, and... Yeah, it's less of a conflict and it's more, it's obvious that these two people um, have different life experiences and have Very different true. ideas about how relationships work. And they're like, huh, because uh, Han Gil is like, it's fine, we'll live together. And Unchan is like, oh, but then we'd have to get married. And Han Gil is like, what? And she's like, because if we're going to, like, sleep in the same house and, like, live together, we have to be married. And Han Gil's like, what, what, what? And then Chan is like, obviously, Han Gil, don't you know how being a couple works? And Han Gil's yes. like, I, I think I do, but I don't think it's what you think it is. When a man and a woman love each other very much, they rent an apartment and they get married. Of course. 
yeah, there's this obvious disconnect, and then it kind of moves into uh, Hunk Gil being like, but like, what if we, you know, do the do? And Unten is like, what? <laughs> She's like, I love Mountain Dew. Yeah, exactly. She's like, of course. <laughs> yeah, the important thing in this is that like they're both valid, and they're both like considering the other's position. Because yeah, Han Yul is a little bit flippant at first because he says something like, oh, well, if moving in together means that we have to be married, like just holding hands mean that I have to give you an engagement ring. And she's kind of like, yeah. haha, I actually don't know. And he, so he also brings up the possibility of like, hey, we can both go and I'll get you like a separate place to live. Like it doesn't have to be anything that you don't want it to be. And that's just sweet. That's just the sweetest. Yeah, that was really cute. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Aww. he does sort of like end this part of the scene by being like hey i'm glad you're a woman and gives her like a little head smack kiss and then she like <laughs> tries to pull the kiss off her face and like put it in her mouth yes 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 <laughs> and it's extremely good we love her Ugh. so they're very cute and then we cut to next day at unchan household um, and Unchan is just like super happy. She's telling her mom. She's telling her sister. She's like, it's so great. Like we could go to New York. And he said I should go with him. And he said that we don't like we can live separately. And so it's like all fine. Like did you hear that, mom? We can have like two separate apartments. And Unse is not very happy about that. Yeah, she she kind of like goes off by being like, if you leave and we're not being provided for by your husband basically like if you're not getting married then there's no obligation for him to help us how are we gonna survive how am i gonna go to college like just shucking uh these she... nuts so she she very much like starts off this conversation like very typical and say it sounds like she's just kind of like being a greedy money goblin to be one mm. because she's like saying these things like well are you gonna like buy us a condo before you go and get married to a rich guy like i want to be rich in chan like whatever but then it becomes very evident that she's actually hurt by the fact that her sister might be just, like, leaving uh, to go be with this, you know. I mean, to say she's like, my sister is just going to, like, run off to another country with this man that she just met a couple months ago. And he's, like, rich or whatever, and we're going to be left in the dust. Yep. Um, and she reacts by kind of just, like, lashing out and kind of bringing, bringing to the table the, the things that you said where she was just kind of, like, you know like how are we going to provide for ourselves like i can't do anything right now like if you're not going to provide for us you know um i don't think that the way that she says it of course is a mm. good way to express those feelings um but also she's a high schooler facing the idea of losing her sister yes. um like in a way that she'd never thought like would happen and we get a little more into her kind of like side of this whole thing but this is the first time that it feels like she's truly, truly upset and hurt and not just kind of, like, being angry or being annoyed or being, like, you know, you know, her usual kind of self. Yeah, and it was especially interesting contrasted to, like, Mama's reaction, which yeah. it feels like she's very happy. Like, it reminded me of, like, my own grandmother in a way because my own grandmother was, like, the youngest of seven children. And this was, oh, like, wow. a a few decades back so it was very much like if one of your kids got married and moved away and got to like live a better life like you were you were stoked because it was one less person to work but also one less person to provide for 
and yeah. I, I got like shades of that feeling like watching mama react to the news like oh my daughter my uh, eldest daughter is like going to be maybe moving to new york with this person who can give her everything she wants mm. and then we we cut from that to sungi showing up on someone's doorstep menacingly Oh my gosh, yeah. We literally get like a solid 10 seconds where we see Sungi. He's at a doorstep. The door opens. He has the strongest one-eye cover eye bang he's had this whole show. <laughs> it's so strong. It's so clean. It's so crisp. You cannot see that second eye. And then we see a woman. The woman? And then we cut away. And that's it. And that's all we fucking get. And that's, that's it. And we're it's- like... Uh, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert that's all we get for this whole episode about that subplot. yeah literally they they're like wow remember this side plot about Sungi? here it is just kidding <laughs> the only thing that could have been better is if the woman turned to the camera and said see you in episode 16 and like oh that was just cut away <laughs> yeah so that's all we get for Sungi. anyway bye Sungi. it's time to uh cut to han gyo's family and we get grandma Hi, Grandma. Yeah. This, this episode, I, I've noticed that, like, a lot of the conversations about Hangyul's uh, parentage are really done between Dad and Grandma, and his mm. non-biological mom is left out a lot of those. And mm-hmm. it, it was one of those moments for me where I'm, I'm, like, watching this dynamic unfold, and... I'm, I'm not seeing the actors. I'm seeing these characters, like, being these characters. And I'm not thinking about, like, oh, this person is reacting really well in the scene. Or this person is, like, mm. really driving their lines home. It's like, no, I'm just watching people live through an emotionally stressful situation. And I'm, like, right there with them. That's so interesting. Because I'm the opposite. When I watch shows, that kind of view of, like, just watching and seeing the characters is kind of, like, my default. And when something happens, like, uh, you know, like Unchen kicks a thing and then it cuts right away, I am pulled out and I'm like, oh, was that like a, was that not scripted? But usually when I watch shows, I kind of default to seeing the characters just kind of as themselves and not really thinking about like what the actors are doing. So that's so interesting. Oh, wow. Hmm. I think it it might also be because uh, I, I don't watch many shows, but when I do, I usually, like, recognize actors from other things, or I usually, like, hear somebody's voice, and I'm like, what else has this person been in? But because oh, yeah, I... <laughs> that's right. You watched a lot of movies growing up, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that was, like, all I did. I'm a, I'm a film boy. <laughs> I guess it also helps that I'm not, like, a, I'm not, like, a references person. Like, someone says an actor name to me, and I'm like, I, I have literally zero idea who you're talking about. I cannot. <laughs> and then someone says, like, oh, you know, and they say, like, a character name, and I'm like, ah, yes, of course. That one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and then uh, we, we go from one emotional extreme to the other very rapidly because we go from tense discussion between non-biological family members to CB on a date. <laughs> CB's on a date with someone who isn't Unsei, which means Harim held up. And he did, in fact, get uh, set CB up with a girl. Like, there are... There are, like, so many things that are perfect about this scene. Like, the <laughs> the lighting and the atmosphere of, like, this bar. It feels like the classiest, nicest place. And, like, the characters 
are like they're looking good and they're on a date and like they're being cool and then there's just Harim's head just floating in a cloud <laughs> like directly looking at me at me personally and he's telling me <laughs> he's telling me these things that I don't want to hear <laughs> oh my god it's literally this this whole date you're so right it's like so classy and like so chic and like everything's great the music the atmosphere the mood and then harim just keeps popping up to narrate the, the date and i assume you know he's like talking like this is replaying what he told cb about this girl because mm. it's always him being like this girl is like perfect she's pretty and she's considerate and she's whatever I don't know, whatever that he says. Um, and it's so funny because, like, CB kind of will, like, pause and, like, hear what um, Harim <laughs> said and then kind of, like, react accordingly. <laughs> like, Dean Martin's kiss is playing in the background while Harim goes, you could get lost in those eyes. And I'm, like, scared. <laughs> oh, my god! I don't want to get lost. <laughs> It's so funny because the way that this scene is set up, it feels like um, a date that is, like, meant to fail. Like, it feels like, oh, Harim's going to say a thing and then CV is going to react and the girl is going to be like, what? But it actually goes super well. Like, she's into him and he's like, whoa, like, you know, CV. I will say the first time I saw this, I got, like, a little bit of a gut punch reaction because the date has obviously been in progress for a while before we show up. But, like, when we cut to this scene, we just see, like, okay, they're looking at each other, they mm -hmm. feed each other, and mm -hmm. then he's like, I would like to go on another date, is that okay? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's pass That's the fork around another time, Boro, that's it. That is all it took. <laughs> uh, but then Unsei calls, and so CB picks up his phone, and he kind of, like, hunches over, and he goes, what? And she's like, come here. And he's like, I can't. I'm busy. And then he hangs up the phone and we're like "Ooh, wow he, he has like the most dramatic swings from being like a total cool badass to like a lovesick puppy and <laughs> this was like great because she goes when did you get the balls and he's like i've always had them click and it's the best thing we're like oh no we got her yeah, that's exactly it. That's what CB, I think, is picturing in his mind happened. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> he, imaginary Havrim is just double-fisting air horns in his head. It's oh, totally... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So then we cut to Unse is now angry, and she's sad, and she's just upset in a lot of ways. And so she's storming home, and so she passes by Mr. Koo. And it's time to have a, a good old sit-down with Mr. Koo and, and talk about our feelings. God, I love Mr. Koo. <laughs> so this is, I mean, maybe it's because I've seen this show before that it was easier for me to pick up on. But personally, I do feel like we've seen Unse's feelings playing out, but she hasn't really been vocalizing them, like, in a way. In, like, it's easy to see that at, at the end of the day, Unse is actually just hurt. She's sad and she's scared. And the way that she's been reacting is by lashing out and being angry and stuff. Um, and I feel like this is the first time that she kind of, like, admits that she's not just mad. She is actually sad and scared. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an interesting case of where, like, the character finally tells, not shows. And mm -hmm. it, it's really... 
I think there was a, a mention of Jesus like, well, why are you trying to marry my mom? And yeah. she segues from that into, well, if my mom gets married and then Un Chan gets married and moves away, like I'm alone and like yeah. I do not want to be alone. And thinking about like that mindset in terms of she just calls CB and then he's like, nah, bye. Like, he's yeah. a little bit justified in doing that, but I think, like, in that moment, she was probably just reaching out for somebody. And... Yeah. Mr. Koo... Mr. Koo, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, please. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, oh no, we both want to say it. <laughs> we both want to praise him so much, but, like... <laughs> we both, we both want to... <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I think Mr. Koo responds in the best way that he possibly could have. Because yes. she kind of expresses that fear to him, and he responds, well, you know, actually, if I marry your mom, that doesn't mean that I'm taking your mom away from you. That just means you're gaining another family member. And I was like, oh, ooh, oh, oh no, oh. <laughs> that is very pure. And yeah. my my favorite line that he says is actually the one that he says next, where he says, listen, mm. If it bothers you, I will not marry your mom until I have your permission, which is... Yeah. I, I can't think if I've ever seen that in any other show or anything. Just, like, this potential step-parent deferring to the stepdaughter. Like, wow. Ooh, really? Huh. <laughs> I might be, like, forgetting some very famous movie that does this, but it wasn't as That's... good as Coffee Prince. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally a possibility. Uh, in my mind, I was thinking maybe this is something that's more common in the type of media than I consume, than the type of media that you do. Um, mm. But also, yeah, I don't remember anything about the cool big blockbuster movies I've seen. <laughs> so, like, you know what? I actually have no idea. <laughs> so Mama comes in to bookend that scene by gently scolding her daughter and being like, why didn't you come home after school? And then Unsei's like, I'm going, and then walks around the corner yeah. towards the house. And then Mama is walking up to Mr. Koo like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Did you go somewhere nice? And he kind of like clams up and like retreats back into his butcher counter. And Mama walks away being like, I do not understand this man. But still. Yeah. And there's like this moment where she's kind of looking at him and he's like pretending not to look while he's behind the counter. And then she like looks away and he looks at her and I'm like, oh, just just kiss already, old people. Do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> But he can't Fair get enough. married until he has permission now, so. No, that's right. That's right. He's put himself in the, he's he's drawn the, the circle in the sand all by himself. And now <laughs> he's stuck. <laughs> anyway, back at Coffee Prince, everyone is having a great time. We're enjoying ourselves to the fullest. We're just like really, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> they're, they're doing the, the shoving buddies thing. Where when you want to show that a group of characters are, like, cool with each other, they kind of gently nudge each other with their elbows constantly. Oh, all right. Because all right. CB is, like, nudging Hangul, and Hangul's like, dude, what? And uh, <laughs> CB's like, I'm jelly, bro. And then, <laughs> then oh, is uh, just trying to do his job. This is his nine to five. And the whole time, Unchan is like, aren't my boyfriend's shoulders just the fucking broadest <laughs> <laughs> all she wants is just to brag about how cool her boyfriend is and it's so funny because like i feel like if if this had been the sungi when he had just joined coffee prince his response probably would have been just like 
annoyed and like whatever and just kind of like standoffish like get away um but instead you know he's working and he's he's kind of smiling a little you can see him like playfully roll on his eyes because he's like <laughs> all right Enchan, your boyfriend is super cool um and then he gives uh the exact advice that i have for Unchen and Hangyul for this entire episode uh which is he he kind of like uh cuts off her her bragging momentum by being like hey isn't your boyfriend going to like new york in a month yeah. and she's like oh, da, da, da. and he's like hey shouldn't you like i don't know talk to your boyfriend about that <laughs> and like you know have a conversation about it and i'm like you're so right singi that is exactly what they should be doing that is like the one thing that they should be doing about this thing instead of like making weird plans in their head and then like talking vaguely about it and like saying things jokingly instead of saying them seriously and, like, maybe you're so right, Sungi. <laughs> it was great because, like, we get that one 10-second scene of him visiting this woman who we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And then his advice that he gives to Unchan, presumably later, is to grab onto him. Like, do not let go of this person if you love them. And yeah. we kind of infer that, like, oh, that's because he didn't grab onto this person for whatever reason. And... Like, she left, and he's been looking for her. And the specific phrasing of, like, grab onto them comes up later in the episode, and I'll try to remember to bring it up again. Okay, okay. I'll I'll also try to remember, but Jerry's <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, it's been so long, it feels like, but guess who we cut to next? Sweeper. Oh gosh. Nope, it's Hansung. <laughs> and Hansung. It's it's literally it's either sweeper and you get excited and then you get sad when it's Hansung, or it's just not sweeper at all, and you're like, wow. <laughs> Lame. Um, but Hansung needs to get the mail and he also needs to be sad about it. Uh he needs to pick up a piece of mail that says Yuju on it and then like run his thumb over it solemnly and be sad and then he needs to sit down and give her a call and not get an answer and then leave this like weird sad passive voicemail that's like hey you do um like so i guess you don't have your phone on um okay i i i'm i haven't heard from you um you should you should turn your phone on uh okay bye and we're like jesus christ like i get it this dude is sad but like my boy my wow. man, turn some lights on in your house. <laughs> I, di- I didn't realize Hansung was in the studio recording with us today. That was a flawless <laughs> read. <laughs> Thank you so much to Hansung for his guest appearance. Um, okay, bye. Can you, can you, pl- bye. Hansung, can you please leave? Hansung, please. turn Hansung, the lights on get on your way out. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all right, there he goes. Now we can talk shit. All yeah, right. So- gosh, oh, fucking Hansung. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so Hansung is very sad. Um, honestly, like, yeah, I get it. Like, he, he can't, he hasn't seen this girl in, he just, like, hasn't heard anything from her. And they're just yeah. kind of making it, like, painfully obvious. And then once again, going from emotional extreme to emotional extreme, we get, like, As this lovely, do. this lovely, like, late dinner scene where Mama comes out and sees Unchan is eating, and she, like, grabs stuff from the fridge to eat with her. Yeah. They they talk about um, Mama is worried that the families are not a good match. Because yeah. Mama is sort of, like, of the opinion, like, oh, we are, 
like we have to work hard to stay afloat and it's just the three of us and like we don't really have anybody to fall back on mm-hmm. and contrasting to like how well off uh Hankyul's whole family is but I, I love that Unchan's response is to go like what's wrong with our family like that why would there be a problem yeah this is um so as we venture more into the specific genre of like korean dramas you'll find that this is a very big theme just because um one of the kind of popular dynamics in a lot of these shows is like uh basically super rich character versus a pretty poor character Mm. um and so this theme of like um fear of you know matching well not just as like people but as people from different socioeconomic backgrounds and just kind of having different understandings of the world and fearing that that will stop them from being able to truly mesh well together as a couple and also as families if they were to get married in the future is a super like prominent thing that you'll find time and time again interesting and it's kind of interesting because I feel like oftentimes it's pushed a bit more to the forefront. And I feel like with this series, uh, it was kind of in the background. Like it was there, but no one was like really talking about it until we have mom now, like episode 13. So we're pretty deep in and she kind of brings up like, oh, so, you know, like this is a concern that I have. Mm. And it's it's also like a very beautiful symmetry between these scenes because... We, we cut from Mama and Unchan eating and talking about this to Hankyul and his non-biological mother who is making food that he likes very much. And he's talking about how, like, oh boy, any any girl I date in the future is going to have a hard time living up to your cooking, Mom. And it's like, yeah. it's the sweet moment between our two lead characters and their mother figures. And, like, I, I love that when they cut directly from Unchan to, like, this crab like, I still thought we were in the scene with Unchan and Mama. And then you kind of pull back and it's like, oh, no, we're in a different kitchen. But it's the same mother-child bond and it's the same, like, loving, warm atmosphere. Oh, interesting. Because to me, cutting to the crab was kind of like we just had this warm... I mean, it's it's the same sentiment where we had this warm mother-child conversation. But with this kind of forefront idea of, like, weird, you know, our families are different... And then the cut to the crab is kind of like a pretty obvious difference of these two families because, you know, that's the kind of dinner that they're having versus Unchan and mom who are having like ramen and a cup of rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then we still kind of see the same sentiment, the same warm moment between um, a child and the mother figure. And it's kind of nice because even though there are those obvious monetary differences, they still have the same relationship so, yeah, that's kind of what that said to me. Same love, they love, they love their chi- the children. They love, they love their children. <laughs> and then, like the coldness kind of creeps back in because at dinner, Grandma is like very ominously like, "Hey, after you eat, we're going somewhere to Hankyo." Yeah, you thought this was gonna be like a warm um, mother son moment, but surprise, the whole family's here, and guess what, Hankyo it's serious time and he's like uh oh, okay it, this episode and like a couple scenes before in previous episodes have really been building up to this moment and it's 
it's Hangul meeting his mother for like mm. the first time that he remembers. And his birth mother, yes. Yes, his birth mother. Thank you. So the place that they end up going to is the Cinerarium. Uh, yeah. And I, I'd never heard this word before, so I ended up pausing and looking it up. And it, it's a, a place where they store the ashes of people who have been cremated. And mm-hmm. the the building that they show is absolutely beautiful. We we see um, Hankyul and Grandma are looking at a picture, and the whole wall is just, like, littered with flowers. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And she gives him the news, like... Lee Myung Jae is your biological father and we don't even get to see his reaction yeah it literally cuts right to grandma walking out and like we're like oh (laughs) she she has one very interesting thing to say to the dad which is like you worked hard but it's uh, hoping that your child will understand the heart of the parent is a type of greed and she's kind of acknowledging that, like, there's no way we can expect him to act the way we want after giving him this information, but it's information we had to give him. Yeah. Damn. Uh, and then we cut to Coffee Prince. That's right. We're like, all right, that was a big, uh, big moment, big truth. There you go, buddy. And it's <laughs> like, anyway, Unchan is doing a coffee uh, latte art. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, she's making like a latte angel, and then Havram is like, "Wow, so good!" And he gives her like chin scritches. Uh, yeah, they're they're. Remember how they were like he was like mad at her earlier in the episode? Doesn't even matter anymore. Now he's like her best friend. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe he sees her as like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how he views people that he has conflicting feelings about. He's like, "You are now pet." <laughs> he's like, anyway. <laughs> But so then Unchan and Mr. Hong actually have a nice little moment here. And I wrote down kind of like the part that resonated with me most. But Unchan kind of talks about how like she likes, she wants to become a barista. And this is something that she enjoys doing that she kind of has found a passion for. And um, they talk a little bit about like making money as a barista and like how what, what the, the kind of logistics of that are. And mr hong kind of like mentions like oh well like really you know you got to be realistic about it like this is like you can make it big but know that it's a slow and steady process and unchan kind of responds like oh well you know what like if i was able to provide for my family and have a place to live and kind of like be in a comfortable life then how could i ask for more and mr hong turns to her and she says ask for more you should ask for more and i was like Aw. That that Man, is I want someone to tell me to ask for more. <laughs> it's it's everything. Like Yeah. I've been saying like Mr. Hong is my favorite character, but like he he in this one line, ask for more. Do you wanna end up like me? Like because he's somebody who's been shown to be very content and yeah. it's gotten him to a place where he is happy. And you never get the impression that he would, like, even ask for more. But for Unchan, he wants more for her, and he wants her to ask for more. And this push and pull Uh between, like, contentment and ambition is, it's a really good undercurrent because Hangyul is applying for this uh, Lego toy building thing, and Mm -hmm. Unse wants to be an idol, and it's like, yeah, like, you have something to strive for. Like, that's part of the human condition. What, like, a wonderfully 
positive influence for Chan. Like that that's just like such I'm I'm like so happy for her that she has somebody in her life that would say to her ask for more. Yeah, it's I mean not to get real but like I I don't think that's something that people hear very often. Like Yeah. I feel like a lot of times we're kind of told like just like find a place where you can fit in and like just get get by but like somebody who is like motivated and who is ambitious like that's that that kind of outside reinforcement is rare yeah it's good to see that outside reinforcement said to somebody who is kind of like the age group that like because i think about when i think about like when you're younger it's much more likely that you're to hear those words like oh you can be anything you want to be and if you work hard you can like do this this and that and then as you get older it starts to be more like find something you're happy with and like you know find a place where you fit in find where you're comfortable and like that's all you really need and to see somebody like Unchen who has experienced that kind of like you know kind of being bogged down by the world because in order to live and in order for her family to live she's had to make sacrifices and she's had to kind of like be content with being where she is because uh, the resources were just not there to see somebody then say to her like ask for more anyways is just like so good (laughs) that's absolutely true to see somebody who's been put in a situation by circumstance and then watch mm. them be okay with it. Like you have to wonder whether or not their contentment comes from they have to be content yeah. with it because being unable to struggle against the situation and being miserable would be a hard life to live. And so opening yeah. yourself up to the idea of like, well, maybe I deserve more and maybe I can achieve more. It doesn't have to be about just keeping the other people in my life happy. Yeah. So then we're back at Casa Hangul, and uh, we kind of, like, cut to mom for a second. She's, like, worried. But the real meat of the story here is that Hangul and his dad are out at a little, like, outdoor bar, and they're drinking. This was a a mind fuck of a scene. Pardon my French. But, like, the, the... The fact that we see Han Gil and his dad's non-biological father's first drink that they ever have in this show, and Han Gil calls it out as being like, this is the first time we've ever had a drink together. And then the second drink that they ever have together, now he knows that he is no... He no longer believes that this is his biological father. That was such a... Oh my god, you're so right. I didn't even think about that. Like, that was the one and only drink he would ever have with that man, believing that he, they were father and son biologically. They're still father and son in terms of, like, I've raised you, basically. And I, I, when, I, when I always say biological and non-biological, I don't mean to discount the influence that his foster parents have had on him. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a habit of coming from a family with an adopted child in it. I'm aware of the biological and non-biological connotation that gets added to these things. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And the dad echoes a sentiment that I think uh, the non-biological mother also said, which is, 
I feel sorry for your biological mother because she's not here to see how great of a man you've become. Hmm. He talks a little bit about, he kind of like gives Hangyul a bit of the story of like his relationship with um, his biological mom and kind of like what happened. And I had a bit of a realization here but it's for something that we will see later on in the series. So Ooh. I'm going to keep it to myself because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I I definitely, I put like a little star next to it because I was like, this is something that I want to remember. And this is something that I, I'm interested to see um, how those thoughts develop for you. So I just wanted to put that out into the universe, you know. Okay. Like... <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how this pays off. It did get me thinking, though. Because they were basically just a circle of tight friends, and then Lee Myung-jae left for Australia, and they couldn't get in contact with him after hong Gil's mother died in a car accident. So they very mm. much just, like, took this child of a friend in. And I was, I started thinking, like, would I be able to do that? Like, if, if a close friend's child needed somewhere to go, like, would I be able to take them in and raise them as my own? And then the idea of doing that and worrying that this child may come to resent you once they learn the truth the father is a character that we've had literally enough scenes that i could count on my hands with probably and the fact that i'm having such like a crisis over the emotional state that he must be in throughout this is a testament to the writing of the show for sure yeah definitely Hmm. oh man so dad kind of like gives this this story and he shares this sentiment to to say that he's like he's very happy that he was able to like raise Hangul and and stuff. And Hangul decides to play the take a shot when dad says he's happy game because as soon as he's done talking and he's delivered this like emotional sentiment, Hangul takes a shot glass and goes <laughs> <laughs> and Noted he says, lightweight I'm Hangul. mad. And I don't know why, but I am. And I was like, bro, if that's not the realest thing, like to like have just be hit with a wave of emotions and not know how to express or not know why they're happening, but to feel the need to be like, I am feeling them. He says, that's it for today, father. And I'm like, yeah, put your foot down. (laughs) There's only so much emotional trauma you can have in one evening. Yeah, once Hong Gil takes a shot, he's kind of like shutting you off because he's like, you know what happens next. He's like, you're going to have to carry me home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh. We cut to so coffee, coffee prints. Hey. <laughs> hey, we're on the same, we said the same thing. <laughs> Harim and Unchan are ironing uh, the uniforms, I think. Yes. And Harim is like, hey, Unchan. Why won't your boyfriend text me back? <laughs> and Unchan this... is like, I don't know. We like talk all the time. And like, he called me. So I know exactly what's happening. And Harim is like, mm-hmm. he'll call his girlfriend, but he won't even text his best friend back. Not one measly text. One, one word for, for old Harim. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> Eight years of friendship down the drain, I suppose. <laughs> this was a, this was a real moment because I started to like, I guess they started to show that a lot of Harim's, like, aberrant behavior that we've been seeing is actually just a manifestation of, like, this person who I was originally the person closest to them at this store, I've now been sort of supplanted by the romantic interest. It's kind of like the, we we got a new cuter baby in the store, 
so we don't need cute baby anymore. <laughs> oh no, cute baby. <laughs> he he just starts like throwing Madam at her. He's like, oh, well, if Madam does this, then I will have to tell Madam because my master, Madam, Madam, Madam. And it's like, dude, okay, but but you don't have to be that, you know? Oh man, yeah. I I do think um some of the effects or I guess the the logic of kind of slipping into that might be lost on us a little bit just because we uh speak a language and we live in a culture that doesn't really have honorifics. Oh. So like Yeah, I I I was thinking about that when when you mentioned madam. I was like, I guess, you know, like cuz to us that's such a weird thing to do. But maybe the 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 humor of it or just like the logic of that being something to do or that just being like, you know, a way to use the language or whatever. That That's just something that we don't really have. So I was like, I guess I don't really get it. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. That's good context because on a very real level, they're literally having to change the way they speak about and to Unchan. Oh, man. Oh, whoa. Hold on. Now we're going deep. Wait. <laughs> The unchanness of this being <laughs> has been called into question. Yeah. So, uh, Unchan and Harim also get a little bit into the, like, um, you know, Han Gyul going away. Like, what's the plan? What's going to happen? And at this point, I kind of, like, reached this level of, like, everybody is kind of, like, talking to Unchan about this and giving her some kind of, like, their word of wisdom or their advice. And I feel like, honestly, that's all good and great because it's great to talk to your friends about things. But... Unchan, please just talk to Han Yol about this. True. Because this is a big, you are in a relationship now, and this is a life change that you two, as two people in a relationship together, should communicate about. Just, I don't know, just like an idea, just like a thought that I had. <laughs> Harim in this scene says, like, oh, you know, he's been working on this for three years, and it took a lot of hard work. And, like, mm. the implication is being, like, he would throw it away for you, but you have a responsibility not to let him. And it just felt like such a strange putting the ball in her court. I, I have to say that like it gets a little bit resolved later on, and I'm very glad at the way they do that. But this was a move yeah. that made me think of Harim as a character being like, you're, you're applying pressure in this situation. You're twisting Unchan's arm because why? And, like, I didn't really understand the reasoning of, like, well, I want my friend to be happy. Yeah. And he likes you, but is the assumption that Unchan is, like, a temporary thing? Which, mm. like, I've seen that cynicism a lot in other media and in real life, where it's like, oh, don't pick the girl. Like, if, you're go if you think about moving to co out of state for college and you have a girlfriend in town, like, don't stay where the girl is. Like, college is more important. And it feels like the same kind of scenario is being applied to this job in New York. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they they resolve it later, so I feel like <laughs> kind of come back to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't dwell on it too much. <laughs> no, we're stuck here. We have to talk about Harim <laughs> and his and his feeling and yeah, nothing we, else. <laughs> we actually film inside of a podcast dungeon, and every few feet there's a portcullis yes. that won't raise yes. unless we talk in depth about each scene. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah, having to hold the microphone and the laptop and also cross the pit of fire. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, well, oh, hey, it looks like the fire's off, so I guess, uh, anyway, Hung Yul... <laughs> <laughs> Great, next level. <laughs> uh, 
Hankil uh, then proceeds to call his girlfriend, and he's drunk. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's like drunk, but he's also like mellowed out, like low energy he's drunk. Like, well, you know, I mean, there's like different, there's like different kinds of drunks, you know, like maybe, I mean, like he, we have seen that when he consumes alcohol, his MO is to fall the fuck asleep. Mm, yes. Big drowsy. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, if, I mean, like, you know, I know people that when they drink alcohol, they, I, I know good friends that when they drink alcohol, they don't necessarily become like loosey goosey or silly or like the stereotypical thing we think of drunk but they they just kind of become tired mm. or like chill so like if this is how Hong Gil is drunk then you know what i believe it wholeheartedly you know what else i believe wholeheartedly what how how cutely dumb and dumbly cute unchan is that she gets a call as she's pulling into her own driveway from Hong Gil, and he's like come over and she's like oh you know i'm almost home i guess i could swing by and he's like oh no if you're close to home don't worry about it and she's like no like walking her bike back out of the driveway yeah, to like, turn i'm around actually to like right by your house i just passed by your house actually i can just turn around real quick <laughs> oh no it's no trouble i'll just i'll just hang a yui i'll be right there three minutes yeah. she does i wonder if our there was a discrepancy in our translations because the way that i kind of interpreted the words that were presented to me on the screen uh, where that when he called her and he asked where she was, she kind of looked up at her house and she was like, actually, I'm close to your house. And he was like, oh, well, if you're on your way home. And she was like, no, 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 I swear. Like, I'm, I'm actually really close oh. to your house. I can just go there right now. So that, I thought that she was kind of playing this charade up the whole time. That makes sense because they played the pronoun game in mine and they said the house and I took it to mean hers. But it could have been. Oh, it could have been. Maybe. <laughs> so she she books it over there. Yeah. With her phone uh, wedged in between her helmet and her face so that Cute she can talk hands-free. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the Bluetooth before Bluetooth existed. Yeah. But it's time to uh, eat chicken and talk about our day uh, and our feelings. Mm. And it's kind of, it like starts out and it's kind of like, all right, Unchan, what'd you do today? And she kind of gives him the report. She's like, well. This is what happened. Like, someone called at this time, and then this happened, and then a customer was mean to me, but it's okay, because then, <laughs> like, this customer's always stupid, and it's whatever. <laughs> um, and then she's like, how about you, Hangul? How was your day? And Hangul definitely had a very different day than Unchan. <laughs> yeah. He he fills her in, and she's, she like, it's a lot of information to take in, and she's kind mm. of dumbstruck, and he... Hangul has, like, a very defined sense of, like, right and wrong and also honesty, which we've seen, like, can kind of be honest to a fault at times when it comes to, like, being lied to. And he says something like, my, my adoptive parents treated me so well, I, I didn't have any idea that I, I wasn't their kid. And, like, I was so mad at my dad because I thought he cheated on me, uh, my mom. And to find out that, like, he was doing this very good thing and treating me very well out of love for my biological mother and father like it makes me feel guilty and she just hugs him yeah. which is the best thing that she could have done in that situation yeah. she puts down the chicken and she crawls on over and she's like come get your comfort hug she's literally like she puts the drumsticks down that's how you know that we've entered full yeah. emotional support it's real 
Then it's time for therapy Legos because they decide, you know what? Let's go outside and sit on the porch and uh, build some Lego. <laughs> therapy Lego is real. It's and Chan says it's it's very satisfying to feel like you're in control of a situation. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, finally, finally, we start to actually talk a bit about what the future holds. We start to kind of approach this, or I shouldn't even say kind of, because they have approached it before. But we, we start to, like, truly approach this topic and kind of, like, we, I feel like Han Gyul has fully expressed his feelings about it to Eun-chan, where he's been like, listen, like, I'll stay here. I won't go. Or I'll go when you come with me. Either way, I want us to be in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eun-chan kind of hasn't really told him her own feelings. And also this episode, you know, she's kind of experienced, you know, the how her sister feels about it. And she's talked with her mom a little bit. So she's kind of got this this better understanding or she's thought a bit about her situation. And so she um, ends up kind of telling him, like, I'm needed here. I don't want you to stay here. You need to go because that's what's best for you. But I need to stay here. Mm. And... Hangul is like, mm, fine, but I'm going to visit you like literally every day. And Unchan yeah. is like, ah. and he's like, what if, okay, okay, fine. Once a week. And Unchan is like, um, oh. <laughs> oh man. And then, and they, then, then Unchan kind of like counters back with the like once a year. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And then she starts like giving him these rules. She's like, listen, when you wear that one black shirt, you look so freaking hot and i can't i can't have it i won't all allow the ladies it in america are gonna see your 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 hot and they're gonna be all over you and i no, i can't i can't do it you can't wear that shirt and it's like uh it's it's one of those things that like if i looked at it and i just saw the text i would be like this is this isn't okay but because <laughs> i do have the context and the tone i'm like ah this is like a fun little playful like you know, uh, oh, oh, and you can't make that one face that you make that always makes me like my heart flutter because it's it's a really good face. Yeah. It's like it's like a cute little compliment slash like you know it's it's playful and it's fun. Yeah, it, it, there's no malicious possessiveness to it. Yes. <laughs> God, and then this the end of this scene is one of the parts that I'm pretty sure was uh, the actors just yes, genuinely yes, laughing. Yes. yes. <laughs> You know exactly They're what like I'm talking about. They're like laying together, and like Unchan kind of like swings her leg over Hangul, and then he counters by swinging his leg, but he kicks the Lego, and he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like he like pulled a muscle or something a little bit because he goes, oh, and then immediately Unchan's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's so good. I'm like, mm, I'm so glad they left that in because that is exactly what I needed to see. <laughs> oh, it's it's really a perfect like bookend to this conversation of of them just being like should i not go and her being like look i'm big enough to admit that like i'm needed here and that you've worked very hard for this and like i'm not going to keep you from it Mm. so then we cut to our resident sad boy hansung time to have another beer in the dark yeah, he walks in, he comes home, it's, it's, he does not, he does not turn on a single light in his house, because <laughs> he cannot do that, he's physically incapable, he gets a beer, he drinks some beer, uh, he walks into the living room, he sees some luggage, um, but that's not his luggage. <gasps> <gasps> oh, oh, 
who could it be? He looks to the door, and there's a single light on in the house. And Hansung is like, well, I don't turn lights on in my house, so obviously it couldn't <laughs> have been me. <laughs> and he goes to the room, and he opens the door, and it's Yuju. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Yay, we did it! <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when you were, even though I've seen the episode, when you were setting that up and you're like, there's luggage, I was kind of hoping that Sweeper would have been packing his bags and also leaving. <laughs> Sweeper was like, I'm sick of it. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I wanted you to tell me to sit and stay. <laughs> but you hesitated. So yeah, Yuju is back. And um, I I had like some complicated feelings about it later. But he comes and he sees her on the bed. And she's just like sleeping. And he like comes up. And he just has this, like, the the dopiest of dopey grins on his face. Mm-hmm. And it just looks so sweet and genuine that I'm just, like, in that moment, so happy for Hansung. I hate to admit <sighs> it, but I, I yeah. did feel, like, the joy of reunion. Where it's yeah. like, these two people who deserve each other are back together. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can't stay on any of these side stories for too long. So we cut back to Unchan's house. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, Unchan breaks the news to Unsei that she's going to go to New York and she's going to stay. And Unsei is so happy. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to dislike how absolutely stoked Unsei is that like her sister is not going to cool New York with cool boyfriend. It's, yeah, I I mean, like, obviously there's a part of me that's kind of like, you know, and maybe it's just my own personality or my own experiences, but, like, I, I feel sad to see somebody who, like, if somebody who cared for me didn't want to support me on a journey that I was going on, that would probably hurt my feelings. But at the same time, I, and I mean, I, I kind of bring back the fact that, like, Unsei is in high school and whatever. Yeah. And also, her, her personality is straightforward. She's not the kind of person to, um, well, I guess I shouldn't say she's not the kind of, because I feel like she totally has lied about her feelings to CB. Or maybe she just didn't recognize them. But regardless, she's, she's a very straightforward person. She's the kind to kind of be very blunt about what she's feeling. You know, she's not going to, like, beat around the bush and be like, oh, okay. And she shows this very genuine happiness that she is not going to be losing her sister. Like, her sister is going to be staying here with her. And it, it is it is kind of sweet to see because I, I do know that if there was somebody who was going far from me, someone who I cared about who was leaving me, as much as I would be happy for them, like, getting a cool experience, I still would be sad that they are leaving. And mm. even if they told me that they're not doing a thing as much as I would be sad that they are no longer going on this opportunity that could be great for them, I would also be happy that they're staying. And I think also it makes a difference that it's not like Unchan had like a job lined up in New York and she lost it. And it's like this real sad thing. It's more like she had the chance to go to New York and she wasn't even really that sure what she wanted to do. It was more about the fact that she would go and be living with her new boyfriend and since it's not like she lost a big opportunity or this is like something that she's been looking forward to that was taken away from her, since it's just kind of like her being like, no, I think in my life I'm needed more here and I want to stay here with my family. I'm kind of like, okay, like Unsei being happy doesn't really make me that like weird because I'm like, hey, it's like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel that. That's you know? very valid. 
That's you know you've won me over. I'm on Team Unse now. <laughs> Got him. Let's go Unse team. <laughs> team Angel. Uh, team Angel. Ah. And then at Coffee Prince, uh, we get like a supercut of Unchan kind of doing the dishes. Uh, and then we see. Oh the... my gosh! No, hold on, hold okay. on. Because well, we I'm get ready. a supercut of Unchan doing the dishes. However, she's not really doing the dishes. She has this bucket full of dirty water, and she is dumping waffles into the bucket. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are... And then after all of this, uh, what ends up is her like taking out the trash. And I'm like, why didn't you put the waffles in the trash? Oh my why god, didn't you, you put said them it. In the bucket. Of water? Oh my god, I literally. <laughs> I literally watched this happen, and I was like, you know, I had a good waffle freak out a couple episodes ago. I'm gonna let this one slide. But I'm so overjoyed, Kara, that you picked up on oh it. Oh my god. And called it, them I out. I couldn't. I, I could not, because that cut was so long, and she didn't just, like, dump one in, and it was, like, a one and done. Maybe that was a weird take. It was, like, deliberately four waffles were pushed into this bucket of water. They made me watch a gross <laughs> waffle slide into a gross bucket of water, and then they showed her pouring the bucket that? into a trash can. Oh Why are you adding god. water to the trash? Oh, my god. Also, we did skip over it, so I want to mention really quick, but we did kind of have, like, a cut of Hansung and uh, Yuju, and they're acting like nothing happened, like they always do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) But anyway, back to the waffle bucket. Like, (laughs) Yeah, and guess uh, guess who wore the shirt he wasn't allowed to wear? Oh, I don't know, is is it stupid dumb Hangul? Yeah, it's freaking dumb boy Hangul. Of course it's freaking dumb Hangul, a stupid hot Hangul. What the heck? He, he's like, whenever somebody says that I shouldn't do something, I do it more. And then at that point, I wrote five shadowing in my book because it's one more than <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so he comes in and he notices that uh, everybody is like, like, th- this becomes a thing that we revisit very soon, but he just notices that, like, everybody is telling Unchen to go and, like, do things. And he's like, huh. Yeah, I wonder huh. what'll come of that. Hmm. hmm. But really quick, we have to cut back to Yuju and Hansung because we can't, we can't, we can't <laughs> let it sit for a minute, I guess. <laughs> and once again... Oh, sorry, I just, like, hit my table, and I have a lamp that you hit it to change the color, and it changed the color when I hit the table, and I was like, oh! <laughs> That's the DEFCON. It knows we're talking about the tragic couple. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Yuju and Hansung, we cut back to them, and once again, they're, like, chilling like nothing has happened. And uh, the- maybe <sighs> that's, like, what they have to do, but, like... I'm I'm just like it's so frustrating. I can't I can't. They're planning the party of the century where they're like, "Hey, you know what our unaddressed emotional turmoil needs? We should introduce another new couple into it just so they get a sense of what they could be like in 10 years." <laughs> oh my god. Though I do have to say we cut to them like eating stew and like drinking wine next to the window and this setup is like absolutely incredible. Like I wish I had a big window that I could like sit next to you and eat my fucking I don't know if this is like stew or soup or hot pot, but it looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely <laughs> want to eat with one foot on my deck and then the other foot in my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
You know, uh, you said one foot in my deck, and I was immediately picturing a deck of cards, and I was like, I don't remember that. It's <laughs> your move. <laughs> I did write down at this point, I know they always do this, where they do a thing, and then they pretend like nothing happened, but they're talking as if this wasn't a big thing, and it totally was. This was a big thing that happened. They ran you to two, the like, airport. ran away for like a month or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. She just vanished. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, at Coffee Prince... Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on down there is, uh, our, our man Harim is just crossing all kinds of lines. He's just in the mood for it, I guess. Because, he, uh... <laughs> he's really, like, badgering Winchad, being like, so, y'all had a, y'all had a date? What, uh, what went down? And Unchan is like, well, we played Lego. And Harim is like, is that a euphemism that I'm not familiar with? (laughs) He slams his fist on the table and he's like, where's the skinship? (laughs) He's like, excuse me, I was looking for hot juicy deets and you played Lego? Oh my god. And then he starts like talking about like sex things. <laughs> and Hangyul's uh Unchan is in danger senses are tingling and he storms over and he's like, What are you saying to my girlfriend? <laughs> Literally under the eyes of Hangyul, he's like, Look, lady, something that only happens to you once a day happens to guys literally all the time. And I'm oh like, my Oh god. my god. <laughs> Oh my god. And as he's about to explain the concept of morning wood to this sweet, innocent <laughs> child, Hangil just like goes, he's like, What the fuck? Like, you need to stop. Oh. And then he, oh Hangil actually kind of snaps at him for using the My Chan thing, which has like always yeah. been Harim's thing. And so, him being like, Hey, she's like, if anything, she's My Chan. Like, stop that shit. And Harim, like, blows up back at him being like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah. And then it blows up even more because then we get into the, like, and also you guys are always telling my girlfriend to do things and you are all overworking her and I'm sick of it because you work here too and ma ma ma. And, um, um, you know, in the past, in the past, <laughs> we've talked about how when we're at Coffee Prince and arguments happen in this little kitchen alcove that has a open window to anybody are the customers there is this before is this after work what's going on and jaren i could see the customers they were absolutely there to witness this fight to witness this screaming match and i was like oh my god you know what that means it's so likely that many of these other fights have in fact happened in front of customers of coffee prints what if that's part of the meta narrative of the show and the reason oh people are God. coming to Coffee Prince is exclusively for the will they won't they relationship between the manager and the cute boy? It has nothing to do with the fact that all the, the workers are cute boys. It has everything to do with the drama, the the BL manga <laughs> playing out in front of them. Come to Coffee Prince where you can get your tea and the tea. <laughs> Oh my god. Ah. Anyway, uh, so the boys really take that criticism to heart, and they say, "Oh, I'm sorry. You want us to be, um, you want us to be considerate of Unchen? We'll, we'll, we'll be considerate of Unchen." And they go so overboard. I don't even know what to call this. This is like, 
pamp- they forced go pampering? In. They go in on the <laughs> on the pampering. <laughs> They're they like, like, well, Unchan can't walk. No, not allowed. <laughs> no, no, no. Unchan, sit here. Unchan, I have a fan. Unchan, please drink this coffee. And Unchan is like, stop, stop it, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> and they're like, your boyfriend told us to be considerate. <laughs> even even Sungi, who's like also holding the drink in one hand, is fanning with the other hand. And I'm like, that's Oh, dedication. that was the that was like the funniest thing to me because um I think it's it's Harim who's holding like the actual fan. <laughs> I think, and then CB uh, also starts fanning her with his hand, and then there's like a split second where you see Sungi also reach up to like fan her as well, and then it cuts away, and it makes <laughs> me think that like that wasn't necessarily a thing he was instructed to do. He was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just guessing each other for great effect. Oh, it was so good. I was like, and also it kind of made my heart warm because it, it makes me very happy to see Sungi like having fun in this atmosphere and like yeah. opening up and just like, you know, joining in on the, the, the jokes of the of the crew of boys. Yeah, anytime he happy. like participates makes my yeah. my heart a little warm. I love Sungi. Did I say that earlier? Because I love Sungi. <laughs> I think we said we were going to make a fan account earlier, which... <laughs> what? No, yeah. I'm not currently tweeting right now that I love Singi. What are you talking? About? <laughs> How would you say? Why would you say that, Jane? That's so weird. So Unshan comes downstairs and is like, "Uh, did you ask them to do that?" And Hangul is like, yeah. "Yeah, sure, I did. Yeah, I bet I did. Yeah, it was me. It was 100% me." <laughs> like. Okay, if you were ever in that situation and somebody comes downstairs and is like, did you do that for me? Would you just agree to it without knowing what it was? Because that seems like a freaking dangerous place to be. Uh, I feel like that would be one of those things where I don't necessarily agree, like, (laughs) on purpose. But more someone says to me a thing and I don't know what they're talking about and my brain decides to answer for me by just going, yeah. And then I would have to backtrack and be like, I'm sorry. I actually don't know what we're talking about. What? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's what happened. Maybe Hongil was <laughs> maybe. just like, I absolutely did. Please explain to me what it was. It's like, yeah, totally. What are we, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no way. Totally. Got your back. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So then, honestly, um... Hangyul's mom kind of saves the day because he does not have to uh, further explain the point. Instead, he just has to answer a phone call. Yeah, he gets um, out of it. He weasels out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unfortunately for Hangyul, this is not a cool, fun, hey, mom, phone call. Uh, it's a it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, you it's, know, it's, it's a little. Yeah. Yeah. It's She's telling him, like, hey, your birth father is leaving the country tomorrow. And, like, if you want to see him off, like, you gotta go. Yeah. And it, it really reinforces her, I think, as, like, this very selfless character who just loves Hong-kyul. Because, mm-hmm. like, grandma and dad didn't tell him. It was, like, mom, who is oftentimes left out of this conversation, is the one who yeah. came to him and gave him this information. So then we kind of get, like, that cool bomb drop and then it's time to like flash forward and now Unchan and Hangyul are on the phone having like a cute fun phone call that's like cute and we like it I like, love it's not like heavy <laughs> she looks like a, a cute little pineapple she's got her hair done up and she's eating a plate of fruit and so it's a very very happy moment for me because I guess I love fruit <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. And and the apples that she's eating are so crisp. Like they they were like, listen, we need a sound effect for a, a crisp apple in this scene. And then they like they test it. I bet you anything. I I bet you one hundred percent real. This is what happened. Yeah. They like tested different sounds of like crunching into an apple because they had to find the crispest one. And then <laughs> they went in and they put that sound over. But they also like spruced it up a little bit with like you know editing and stuff because they really needed it to be perfect. And then they just kind of like dialed up the level of the audio on the apple crisp sound because they were like, we need people to know. <laughs> That this apple crunch is like mmm, so crisp, so refreshing, um, and it made me want apples. Which I think uh, that means it was product placement, and I'm no longer <laughs> happy about it. <laughs> Whoa, dude! We went full circle on that one. <laughs> that was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Man, Just now... like the show, I had to do a roller coaster. <laughs> now I don't like fruit. <laughs> Yeah, right? I hate it. It's stupid. Oh, so they're, they're, they do more very good couple moves where he's, like, telling her about this opportunity to see his birth father off. Mm. And she's like, I don't know if I should tell you this, but your phone voice is, is pretty hot. And then she oh hangs my God. up. <laughs> she's like, bye. <laughs> and then immediately calls back, which is the cutest thing ever, and says... You know, I think you should see your father off well. And this was another mm. thing that, like, hit me because, and I might be misremembering, but I hope I'm not. Because yeah. I think she said that she didn't visit her father in the hospital and mm. therefore was unable to see him off well. So from her perspective as his partner, she wants him to get this closure because I think it's something that she wishes she had. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. And so, uh, Unchan decides that, like, she's going to support him further in this effort in the best way possible. And if anybody oh, ever yes. did this for me, I would probably just combust inside out. Yeah, I would start crying and never stop. <laughs> I would dehydrate <laughs> myself with tears. <laughs> she, she, she brings all the supplies to his doorstep. And then assembles a paper chain with a big drawing of her face, big smiling, <laughs> and hangs it over his door. And then we see her leave, and then the door closes behind her, and there's also a sign on the door that says, No girls allowed. <laughs> Which, for a second, I was like, Did Hangul have that there before? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hangul was like, No girls in this house. <laughs> That was song. during the time that he was, like, convinced that he was gay. He was like, well, might as well commit. Yeah, put the sign up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then Han Gyul wakes up to it, and um, he he sees the little, like, she also put, like, a little milk carton on the ground so he yeah. can get his, get his, what is it, calcium? Is that what's in milk? <laughs> so his bones can withstand yeah, the yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. pressure. <laughs> Oh, man. And then Ooh. it's time to talk to Daddy Prince. <laughs> Daddy Prince? <laughs> well, you Prince know, Papa. Like... <laughs> Prince Papa. <laughs> Prince Senior. Call me Prince Senior. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And this the way this scene is constructed is, like, pretty brilliant. Because uh, they're in this airport, which is a very antiseptic environment. It's not, like, loving mm. vibes. There's 
physical distance between them to represent the emotional distance. And Lee Moon Jae is like, you know, I, I saw your dad. And Han Gil kind of flinches at that. Because he's like, but like now I know that you are my dad. So it's weird to hear you refer to your friend as my father. And yeah. it's a bit of an anticlimax because he says, you know, call me if you're ever around Australia. And like just gets ready to leave. Yeah. I feel like part of me was like, oh man, like that's it. But also at the same time, I feel like just the exchange of contact information was kind of like, well now, like, like this is no longer a man that shows up and when he's here, you can talk to him. This is somebody who he could reach out to if he did need to talk to him or like you know if he did happen to be in australia he could be like let me call up my biological dad like that i feel like the the fact that they did like he gave him like that way to contact him was kind of like enough for me like i was like there you go he's got it. he's got the digits it's it's also really interesting from the perspective of like uh as he's getting ready to leave you're wondering like is hong Hyul gonna say that he knows because the way it was acted like I couldn't tell whether Lee Myung-jae knew that Hong Gil knew or suspected that he knew or knew that he didn't. And for Hong Gil to stand up and say, I heard you had a son. My first thought was, oh, Hong Gil is like referencing himself, basically being like, I heard you had a son. That's me. And then he's like, nah, uh, he's, he's 20 now. And you realize like this man moved on. He has another child by a different person presumably and the assumption is that he was there for that child in the way that he was not for mm. Han Gil and Han Gil makes the very mature adult decision to be like I'm not going to bring this up now this isn't the time or the place and mm. like this he saw that like what could come out of this would not be what he wanted or needed at this moment and I think that momentum, that maturity momentum that he built up in this scene carries him into the last scene of the episode where he's on the phone with Unchan and she's at Coffee Prince just working, resting her head on a tree like a goddamn diva. And he says, <laughs> let's tell each other everything, whether you love me yeah. or you hate me or you don't like something or you like something like I just need to know. And, like, there's been a lot of profound things in this show, and that one got me. The fact that at the beginning of this relationship, he's laying down, like, let there be no distance between us, so that whatever happens, we deal with it with all the information on the table as equals. And that was a great ending to a tremendous episode. Yeah. I do want to go back a little bit, because I had a Please little bit do. to say I kind of about... Went off. <laughs> It's okay. I, I I felt that you were on this like good emotional journey and I, I wanted to I wanted to listen to it. So I was like, nah, it's good. Um I did actually the the scene where Hangil is talking to his biological father, and especially the part where he asks about the son. To me it kind of read as um it, it read more as neither of us is gonna say it, but we both know that we know. Um, and I think the reason that that kind of spoke to me was because um, 
his dad makes comments about like, oh, wow, like, you know, he, he talks about like his height. And then when they talk about the, the other son that he has, he, he makes this comment that's like, he's about your height now. Um, and he also, the name of the son is actually Lee Han Young. So oh. he kept the same first syllable for Han Gyul. So Han Gyul Han Young. And it, it just kind of, to me, even though nobody said it, it felt like it kind of had that air that like, he knew that Hangul knew as well, and so those things that he said, those those small little, um, you know, things that like you know, saying like, "Oh, my son's about as tall as you," and telling someone your son's name that don't seem like they have much depth to them, kind of do. And I feel like he wouldn't have necessarily said those things because he could have just said like, "I do have a son. He's about twenty right now." He didn't have to say the name. He didn't have to make the reference to height. And that could right. have been just for, you know, like him himself. But I I think that that was kind of like a nod to like acknowledging um, the the fact that he is his son or his biological son, at least. I think that's um, very well observed. Like, I did not put that together, but like talking about things like height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. As a short person, I pay a lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I also really like that uh, in the in the, the the final phone call when uh, Han Gyul first calls her, he kind of says like, "Reporting in, it's Han Gyul at five a.m. this morning." Han Gyul went, or I don't even know what the time yeah. was. I kind of hope it wasn't five a.m. because that means Un Chan had to be at his house at like four a.m. But he's like, Han Gyul went in and talked to his father. He did not cry. <laughs> Very like, good. Oh yes. I love the report. Uh. Yeah. General Unchan, my feelings remain Ugh. intact. Ugh. I do agree though. That that last line let's tell each other everything. That that one also hit me. I was like, oof. Man, Man, it's it's a hard challenge, but like I'm glad that these two are embarking on it. Mm. Me too. Aww. And I'm very worried that next episode is kind of just going to be like a big fight. I'm, I live in fear of big fight now. Bum, 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 what's going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> I was really worried because he's driving away so happily at the end of the episode. And like, I don't know what it is, but every time I see Hong Yul in a car now, I'm like, he's going to get sideswiped. Gonna... <laughs> he's going to get sideswiped so hard. And it's going to be like Downton Abbey all over again. And I'm going to weep. <laughs> They're like, gosh, what cliches have we not put into this series yet? Oh, that's right. The memory loss one. Okay. Hit him with the bus. <laughs> oh my God. Please, no amnesia. Let Coffee Prince know. be the one free amnesia show. What's going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> oh. Oh man. So, I yeah. guess <laughs> What were you gonna say? <laughs> Quick draw. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to see what happens next time. In episode fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Episode fourteen. Uh will Hansung and Yuju ever say what they mean? Ooh, call them out. <laughs> that was Light a good one. That one was long. <laughs> I had to add a lot of extra syllables, but it's okay. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a poet. Oh, <laughs> uh, how wonderful! I do know a poet. One. Oh, oh yeah. 
you know, do yeah, as well. You know. Wow. <laughs> we both know and poet. Uh. Poet, you know who you are. <laughs> love you, poet. Love you, love you, poet. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. We will catch you in the next episode. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Mm, bye. Bye. Love y'all. I, I also love y'all. Just, I just <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> I just, I wanted to say it too. <laughs>